We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Transformative Principle, Episode 73 with Brendan Hufford. I'm really excited about this interview today because Brendan shares my philosophy about college and we're going to talk a little bit about how college is horribly overpriced and it's one of those things that I really enjoy talking about because I think college is great but at the same time I think we put too much emphasis on going to some fancy expensive college when really we just need that degree most of the time and besides that it's just incredibly expensive to do anything in college so anyway we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about his school in gary indiana that is the only successful school in gary indiana great interview here and i hope you enjoy it i'd also like to thank our sponsor for this episode simple school sites please go to jethrojones.com simple school sites and sign up to be notified when this is released. It's going to be a different way of doing websites for schools that make them easily customizable, have high social integration, and makes them look so much better than our typical school sites look. So jethrojones.com slash simple school sites to sign up. Thank you, Brendan, for agreeing to be a guest on my podcast today. And uh, why don't we start by having you tell us who you are, where you're at, what you're doing right now. So my name is Brendan Hufford. I am an assistant principal at Thea Bowman Leadership Academy, which is like, let's just be real frank. It's the only successful school in Gary, Indiana. Uh, we Our state ranks us by letter grades. Because it's a horrible, archaic system that doesn't make sense. But whatever, we almost got an A last year, and it was awesome. 
and every other school in the city gets F's. And it's pretty amazing because we don't test the kids to get in. They don't pay to get in. It's the same kids as anybody else. So we're doing a lot of really cool things. And on top of that, on top of being an assistant principal, I'm also heavily involved in my church. I train Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, at least once or twice a week. And I own a Brazilian jiu-jitsu like, gi and apparel company called OK Kimonos. And I have a podcast called Entrepreneurs and Coffee. So definitely don't have a lot of extra time on the on the, the Google calendar is quite full. No kidding. Sounds like it. So I don't know much about Indiana in general. Tell me about why it's special that you're the best school in Gary, Indiana. What what challenges do you face there that cause everybody else to get Fs? Well, man, Gary was in the running with Indianapolis decades ago to be the state capital. They had st- all the steel mills were up here because it was right on the lake and it was thriving. This is beautiful. The pictures that I see of this place, it was this beautiful, thriving metropolis. But if it gives you any indication of what Gary looks like now, the scenes in Transformers when they're, you know, the Decepticons are blowing up the city of Chicago, the mm-hmm. scenes that were of Chicago in ruins were actually shot in Gary. Ouch. And the whole city, like when you see documentaries about like Flint, Michigan, what happened after like the industry left, well, that same thing happened in Gary, you know, some mills closed and it just fell apart. And this poor city is just, at least in part, it's in ruin, and it's such a shame because the people who live there are beautiful, and I, I care about them deeply, and I, I'm passionate about serving them. That's why it's the only school I've ever worked at. I remember when I got my administrative degree, my boss at the time told me, like, let me know before you leave. Mm-hmm. Like, you're a really good teacher, and but like now you have this degree, just like give me a heads up. Don't just leave me hanging. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm serious. I'm not, I have no, I'm not going anywhere. And I didn't because it's, it's kind of how I'm wired. Like I just stick with things. And like I said, I care deeply about them, but you know, the, the city was the Myrtle, the murder capital of the United States for a long time, just because it's so like, it's so small. So per capita, a lot of people were dying. It's obviously in total way less than a lot of other places, but you know, there's a lot of violence and a lot of other issues that go along with stuff like that. You know, people are, it's a little bit, it's like a culture of scarcity and of desperation. And what I love is that my school is able to show that like these kids can achieve just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. They're the exact same. You just have to give them certain situations and certain opportunities and stuff. And they can achieve just like any other students. Yeah. I just think they get a bad rap a lot. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids do get a bad rap a lot. Um, they, we often deal with kids that have the deck stacked against them. And when we can have someone like you, who's committed and, and focused on helping them be successful, then they can do amazing things. What are some of the things that you guys do to, to help those kids be successful? So I think it's a lot of things. I think it's, like, for instance, our school is one of the few schools that doesn't have metal detectors, which might be crazy, right? Like, there might be a ton of guns in our school. I don't know. We can't tell. There's no metal detectors. They might have knives and guns and all sorts of crap. We have no idea. But the fact that we don't have them, it leads with our trust. 
we trust you that you don't have these. We trust you that you're not going to bring that into our school. And I think when you lead with that trust, you know, people tend to reciprocate. I think it's part of human nature that they just want to give back by being responsible and things like that. Mm-hmm. So one of the, the, the other sides of that coin is, you know, we will trust you until you do something wrong and then we're not going to trust you anymore. And it, it doesn't sound like you, you have that. Um, it sounds, I mean, your phrase that, yeah, we could have tons of guns and knives at our school, but we don't know because we don't have metal detectors. Um, I think that really speaks to the trust that you really genuinely have that you're not just waiting for them to fail. And then you're going to, you know, slap them with some, some consequence or, or discipline to make sure they never, you know, have that opportunity again to talk to me a little bit about, about that, about how you, how you show that trust to the kids and make sure that they realize that you're for real about it. You know what I think, and I, you know, I'm a young administrator. It's my second year as an assistant principal um, and my eighth year at the school. But something that I'm learning as an administrator is that it's not as easy to build relationships with the students as it is when you're a teacher. When I was a teacher, the thing they didn't teach me in school, but the thing that I learned really quickly is that, and I know it's so corny to say, but like the kids don't know how much you, or they don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah. And that's said a lot, but man, it's the most true thing ever. Like if you just really give a crap about the, the students, about the kids, like they'll do their homework, they'll listen to you, they'll stick up for you when other kids are being bad in class, like all sorts of stuff. They'll stick up to when parents are bad mouthing you in the community. Like you just have to give a crap about people. And I think that's, I know it sounds so silly, but when you get frustrated, that's the first thing that goes out the window. And what I think is really strong at our school is that we have a lot of teachers who really give a crap about our kids. They really care. And I don't even remember what your question was, right? <laughs> but but I, I just feel so strongly that like that's what makes the difference. And like, like I we don't, it's not like we're going to wait for you to mess up and then we're slamming. And I'm not saying that couldn't happen, right? But mm-hmm. the thing is like the kids don't feel like they need to bring guns most kids bring guns to school not to protect themselves at school, but they would bring them to school to protect themselves on the walk or the drive to or from school. Yeah, It's usually not that something's going to go down in the school that I need my gun. It's that getting there and getting home type of thing. Maybe it's I'm crossing through a neighborhood that's not right or something. And well, I don't feel like we have that. I think it also helps just you know logistically that we don't have buses because we're a charter school and that means that everybody has to drive. Mm-hmm. So there isn't, we don't have a lot of kids walking and things like that. So that might help too. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So how many, uh, how big is the area? I mean, could anyone from anywhere in Gary come to your school? Yeah. Anybody from anywhere. Like we have kids coming from Michigan city, which is a solid, like 30, 40 minutes away. Like kids come from East Chicago, which is another nearby city. Kids come from all over. Hmm. So it's pretty decentralized. If we, we, we thought about doing buses last year, not just to like run it, just to see what it would look like. And their kids would be sitting on buses for like two hours just because it had to have to go all over the place to pick up so many random kids that it just wouldn't make any sense for the investment. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. And so because you're a charter school, you guys will take, 
anybody that comes, are you are you over enrollment? So you do a lottery, or are you under enrollment? So pretty much everybody who applies gets in. What are you? Where are you at? With um, that? we do we do a lottery for kindergarten, and then everybody else is just wait list unless we have space. Mm-hmm. And then you just come in and you bring in all your paperwork like you're supposed to, and once all your paperwork is in, you're in. Gotcha. And then is um. I looked at the website and it's a Catholic charter school. Is that right? Um, not, I mean, so sister Thea Bowman was a Catholic nun, but we're not associated with the Catholic church. Okay. Gotcha. So you're just named after mm-hmm. a Catholic nun, not associated. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, so one of the things that you do that I find fascinating is that you get up at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, man. What's up sure with that, do. dude? So I, I don't know, like when I go to bed at night, I'm so excited. I almost don't, sometimes I want to read before I go to bed and then I just start thinking like, I don't want to read because it's going to, the light and I don't know. So I don't know how deep we want to go down this rabbit hole, but like the light in front of your eyes, they've shown that like an hour or two of iPad or Kindle light in front of your eyes cuts your sleep quality like in half. It just mm-hmm. makes you because now all of a sudden your body and all the hormones in your body are like, dude, you are staring at the sun. It must be daytime. We'll get in daytime kind of nap mode mm-hmm. versus being in pitch black. Like it's nighttime, deep sleep mode, re, you know, regenerative recovery sleep. So I don't read at night because I, I want to go right to sleep because the sooner I go to sleep is the sooner I can get up in the morning and then I can work in my business. And I love working. I love business. If I could teach anything. I taught psychology and sociology and that was the best teaching assignment you could have possibly given me because Mm -hmm. it's all about relationships and it's literally just explaining to kids how the world works. And it's just going, Hey, you know, when this happens, that's because of this. And the kids are like, really? That's why my little brother acts like that. Yes. Yeah. And they're like, wow, that's so neat. And they go home and tell their little brother that like, you're in this stage of development, you know, you're, the front of your brain isn't even developed yet. And his little brother's like, you're dumb. And he's like, all right. <laughs> you know, you're explaining the world to these kids and they love it. And it gives you a chance to tell a billion stories and ask stories from them. Like, hey, raise your hand. How many of you guys have experienced this? Well, tell me about that. And then they talk to you. You know, you can't really do that in a lot of other subjects. So I love teaching psych and social. But if I could teach anything, again, I would teach business and I would teach entrepreneurship. Uh, And I feel very strongly that the United States to continue to compete economically in a global scale, we need to start teaching kids to be more entrepreneurial, uh, to have side businesses. I think that, you know, if everybody had a solid side business, I think that would really stimulate our economy. It would do a lot of things with regards to confidence and independence. Uh, People would pay their bills a lot easier. You know, this just lends itself so well to a healthy country and a healthy culture and I just think there's so many people. I think God gives us gifts. He gives us art to make. And your art, you know, my art might be a podcast and you might be a singer and somebody else's art might be jujitsu. They might be a martial artist and express their art that way. Like, but we all have this art inside of us that God gives us. And I've been reading this book called uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And he talks about this, that we all have this like kind of resistance where we don't express that art. And I think if we taught kids entrepreneurship and gave them that kind of confidence out of the gate, that you're not a slave to your college, you're not a slave to your job after college, you don't have to hate your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's such a valuable skill because I think 
the number one skill a teacher can give a kid, like we always see these studies about how American kids are so overconfident and they're so arrogant, but why don't we teach kids what real confidence is? And I don't think there's a better way to teach a kid real confidence than to do a project with them in an entrepreneurship class where they make real money. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So, so some people would say, well, we just need kids to go to college and get more college. And that's how we're going to stimulate our economy and make things better. That's what, you know, a big, huge push right now in education is why, what's wrong with that idea? And why do you think, uh, an entrepreneurial spirit and a, a, a successful side business is the way to go? Okay, so Jethro, remember how like there was the housing bubble yep. not too long ago, and what happened when that burst? Uh, Every, a lot of people lost everybody their houses. Just, yeah, everybody just declared bankruptcy, right? Yep. Everybody went under. So I read this article a couple of years ago. It really resonated with me. It was written by Mark Cuban, mm-hmm. and... He's, I don't know if you know, who like Mark yep. Cuban, the owner of the Mavericks and tons of businesses. He's an Indiana guy. I love him. Uh, he went to Indiana University. So he said that there's a college bubble right now that all these people are taking, doing more and more college and crap, there's no jobs. Well, let me get more education. And you have this growing bubble of people with 50000 100000 $200,000 of debt. Yeah. Well, what happens when there's no job for them or what happens when those loans come due and their job doesn't pay them enough? Well, they're all going to default on them and they're all going to default on them all at once. And we're going to see a big crash from that. I think that college and I know Cuban agrees on this point. I think that college is a great chance to mature. It is a great chance or opportunity to party and have fun. Um, I know that because that's what I did. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go to college for an actual education, you are, and I, I say this with a lot of, con- you know, we were talking about lynda.com a couple minutes ago. Yeah. How much does lynda.com cost? 25, a- 25 bucks a month. You mean to tell me that in four years, I $25 a month for four years with the growth that that website is going to see that I'd be better off going to college in terms of education you're lying to yourself. You're absolutely lying to yourself. I think that we are going to see a a very hard push from powers that be, whether it be. And I, I know I sound like I got my freaking tinfoil hat on, but <laughs> like we're going to see a very hard push from powers that be to get more kids in college. And I, I don't mean to sound weird, but I know this firsthand that when you take out because I went to a small private school, when you have a lot more loans, you need that job. You need yeah. to work that job you hate to pay back those loans. And in order to keep the system going, like we need people to be in debt and we need them to work these jobs. And I just don't, I don't think that makes people happy, man. And I care about these kids so much and I want them to be happy. I don't want them to live for the weekends and live for that week a year where they get to take a vacation and then hate their lives until they're 60 or 70. And then they're freaking diabetic and they can't even enjoy their retirement, you know, if they can even retire. I just don't think that's what, you know, is intended for us. And I think that teaching kids to be entrepreneurial gives them a choice. Entrepreneurship yeah. is not for everybody. Believe me, it sucks. It's really hard. But having a side business and having a little more leverage in your life, that is for everybody. 
where if you don't like your job, you have the option of like floating a little bit until you get another one you do like. Or you can pay back those loans a little quicker so that you're, you don't have to work a job you hate just to pay those things back. So I guess to kind of take this full circle, college frustrates me because it is not designed, at least like let's talk about teachers, for instance, because it's something we're both familiar with. College training for teachers is a freaking joke as far as the real hard skills they need to be successful yeah. teaching in a school. And I think that they vastly uh, let me let me take that all back. College is not a waste of time. College is just overpriced. Right. I think that, that's a much more fair assessment. I, I think that you're right, because I think we can both find examples of areas where, you know, college has enabled people to make connections and and relate to people in different ways and learn different things. So um of an important time in our lives, sure, but definitely overpriced. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher, and please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com BE.